Hey, welcome to the Bless Not Stress podcast, the Christian podcast that is meant to lift you up when everything wants to bring you down. My name is Didier Darius, and my mission is to empower you with the word of God. Now, today I have a special guest. I have Marcus McMarion, and he's going to talk to us about a story that's not all about all the good stuff and just reaching success, but about hard work and how a book called The Compound Effect came into, into to help him, you know, when it came to this. So, Marcus, thank you so much for being in the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me. It's super exciting, kind of definitely blessed to be a part of it. Thank you for having me on and being able to share a little bit with your audience. Thank you, man. And um, for the people that don't know you, how about you tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are? Yeah, so uh, born and raised in California in Fresno area. Uh, for those of you guys that aren't familiar with the West Coast, just think San Francisco, L.A., Fresno, smack dab in the middle between all that. So, um, yeah, I grew up here in the Fresno area, right out of high school, went to Oregon State. Um, as you can see back there, played there for three years, transferred to Fresno State, spent a little bit of time with the Raiders and the Saints, and uh, just recently signed with the CFL, going to be playing uh, professional football in Canada out in Calgary for the Stampeders. Nice. That is awesome. Now, I believe that there are some people in the audience that are like me and don't know much about football. I guess the only thing they will know will be NFL, CFL. Tell us, how did everything start? Where it is that you started, you know, high school, college? What was all that about? Yeah, so growing up in high school from a super small town, it's actually Dinuba, California, a smaller town right outside of Fresno. Fresno is this big 500,000, 600,000 town. So Dinuba is a small farm town. Uh, right outside of Fresno, grew up there. Um, it's kind of a cool story, actually, coming out of Danube. I thought about multiple times transferring out, trying to go to Fresno to try to better my odds and kind of get better recruiting. Obviously, the bigger schools are checking out the big towns, but um, kind of just really just had a, a chip on my shoulder in a way and kind of just really wanted to prove um, everyone right that you could make it from a small town. So definitely uh, took that amongst myself to ended up knowing um, from my school in Danube was actually got a Division One athletic scholarship since the 70s, which was Rob Adolf. So it's been a while, and I was the first one. I was fortunate enough, uh, a little bit of hard work and a little bit of luck at the same time, I guess you could say, from the men above. But, uh, yeah, I was fortunate to kind of get that, get an athletic scholarship. And, yeah, super proud to be uh, from the town I'm from, small town, like I said. But uh, people there definitely take a lot of pride in our town. You know, just recently I did an episode and I titled it um, Holding the Promise but Embracing the Process. Because we all have this promise, we all have this vision that we see. And, um, but the problem is that many times we are in the process and sometimes the process can be hard. You know, it could be harsh. You know, you see, instead of seeing the light, you see obscurity, you see problems. What was the process like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was difficult. Like I said, I mean, I could have easily took the easy way out and kind of transferred to a bigger school and kind of did that thing. And then um, I, I chose to kind of take the, the road less travel, I guess you could say. I, I had the easy way out. I could have transferred. I had schools in mind, schools that are interested in me in high school that I could have transferred to. I ended up sticking it out, staying in Dunedin with a small town. And like I said, I mean, it just means that much more when I return to my town and I'm able to talk to those kind of people. Uh, from my town saying, hey, I, I was in your exact shoes not that long ago. We, it's, you could accomplish it. You could do whatever you want to do. But as far as the journey of it, I mean, that's a whole process in itself. I mean, like I said, yeah, it sounds sounds cool. And hindsight's twenty twenty. It's like, yeah, I made the right decision. But I mean, in the thick of it, in the midst of it, it's like, man, like this would be a hundred times easier if I just went to a bigger school and kind of took the load off my shoulders and I had schools coming to me versus me having a self-promote myself to schools and just being 
having to be so much better in so many more categories other than just athletically. I mean, making sure I was on top of uh, my faith and my relationships and making sure I was uh, a good student, having a, a 4.0 and being a good brother and all that kind of stuff. So that's a lot of the, the stuff behind the scenes, especially coming from a smaller school and kind of taking the road less traveled from a smaller school that necessarily had a division one school that they don't, they don't dig too deep into, but it's like, Hey, if we're, they're going to take a chance on a small town kid, you definitely kind of have to be an all around uh, athlete for sure. And when this was happening, were you in high school or where were you? How old were you too? Yeah. So this is in high school. So I, I started getting recruited my junior year in high school. So this is where all that kind of context I was giving, I'm, I'm, I'm referring back to when I was in high school. because. Like I said, you could go to Division One school. For those of you that aren't familiar, Division One's like the highest kind of level uh, competition-wise in California. Out here it goes Division One's the top, and then two, three, four, five, and just kind of goes down. Uh, my school was actually a Division Three school at the time, so I, like I said, I had the opportunity to transfer to Division One school, and that's where um, the big Alabama, UCLA's, and Auburn's and those kind of schools. I mean, that's where they're recruiting. They're recruiting at the Division One level, so. Definitely difficult to kind of get your name on the map and stuff at a, not even a Division two school. <laughs> I was a Division three, not below that. So um, it was definitely difficult. But like I said, I mean, I embraced the journey. I mean, um, it made me who I am today, definitely, just kind of going through what I went through uh, during high school and prepared me for college. And were you going to, like, were you a Christian in that time? How was your faith in that moment before you got, like, your scholarship? Yeah, so before I was, I was always – Faith, faith-based and faith-driven, definitely uh, in high school. Um, I would say my faith really took off and kind of exponentially experienced growth when I got to college, because, just because growing up in a Christian household, it wasn't really necessarily my choice if I wanted to go to church on Sunday. My mom was like, hey, we're going to church whether you want to or not. Like, wake up, get dressed, we're going to church. So I think once I got to college, without jumping too far ahead, but I was at a point in my life where it's like, okay, like, Nobody's necessarily making me get up to go to church on Sunday. No one's making me go to Bible study. No one's making me do these things. And not that I was against it at all. It's just having that consistency in your life as far as attending church and stuff like that. No one was necessarily there to kind of give me that little nudge to make me go do these things. So um, that's when my, my life really, really became devoted to God. And I kind of took off with my faith to the next level. It's like, okay, hey, um, you really believe in this God thing or do you not? Like no one's making you do it. So what, what do you want to do about it now? So luckily for me, uh, definitely had a good group of core guys around me that made me go to church and kind of helped me out anytime I kind of let us got astray. So definitely thankful for the guys that I was surrounded with. That's awesome. You know, I started coming to, the, um, to church when I was 14 years old and uh, I was pretty much in the same scenario as in my parents had just gotten divorced. So nobody was forcing me to go to church. My parent, my dad wasn't going to church. My mom wasn't going to church and my brother invited me to go to church and I pretty much decided to stay there. And I've stayed there ever since. Um, it, it, I really like how you're talking about that. You were in the school that you were in, you know, like the, the chances of you getting that division one scholarship are very low. Nobody has gotten it from the seventies. And uh, it, it makes me think that, you know, when God gives you a promise or when God has a plan for you, like many times we don't need to do much, you know, if, if it is God's will, it is going to happen. But I also liked how you said, you know, you put in the work, what made you stand out? What, what would make you stand out? What were you doing different than other people that were in the same school as you? 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, I love that you kind of take the, the conversation that direction. Cause like I said, I think a lot of the stuff that I was doing, it, I wasn't, I always come back every time I talk to kids that are from my hometown or from smaller towns near the area. It's like, Hey, I'm not Superman. I make that very clear. I didn't do anything special. I didn't do anything you're not capable of doing. It's just my normal wasn't necessarily as normal as I thought it was. You know, I thought everyone kind of planned their days out and as far as doing their homework at this time and then you kind of transition to this time. And then once this gets done, then you kind of reward yourself and you can play video games for an hour. You know, like people kind of had that backwards, I guess, growing up where it's like, hey, I'm just going to play video games until I'm tired and then I'm just going to try to knock out my homework or something like that. Or as far as me showing up 30 minutes early to practice and kind of starting practice before practice started, and then staying an extra 10 minutes after practice, I just thought that was normal, like working on what I didn't do as well in practice during the, the structured hours, you know? Just little stuff like that, it was huge for me, and I definitely ended up paying dividends and exponential growth. And I mean, kind of like you were mentioning a little bit earlier, it's just the compound effect, you know? It's like stuff, super small stuff that doesn't seem like you don't see any significance to it in, in, the, in the midst of it and during the journey and all that kind of stuff. It's like, wow, like I haven't seen any results from this, but one year, two year, three years down the road, it's like, it, it's impossible for your competitors or anyone to make up that gap time of you just consistently putting in um, consistent effort over time. And you, you're talking about this, that it was your normal. Was it because that's how, that's what your parents taught you? Like, you know, from the very beginning, it, that's the that way telling you come home, do your homework, then you play video games, or you just, you know, that just came out of you by instinct. What was, who taught you that? Yeah, I think a lot of it stemmed from my parents, honestly. So they, they were always very heavy on me. So my dad's kind of, he's my hero. I've always looked up to him growing up. He he had every athletic possibility, scholarship growing coming out of high school, um, but he didn't have the grades. So he had to kind of take the junior college route and then try to get his grades right and then try to go to the Division One level after that. So I think my dad definitely learned from his mistakes and wanted to make sure that I didn't make implement the same mistakes that he did. So they pushed academics super heavy on me. It's like, Hey, athletics, as far as it's a God given ability uh, that God gave you the, the talent and the blessing to be able to play the sport you have, but he could also take it away that fast too. So it's like, you got to have some kind of backup plan, something to fall back on in academics. I mean, that, that drove me all the way through college. I ended up graduating college with my bachelor's in three years, got my bachelor's in public health. And then I, within that being on scholarship, I ended up getting my master's in sports administration. So, I mean, that's something, regardless of how long I played football, that's something no one could ever take away from me. I'm going to have my name on two degrees. And I, like I said, I was blessed and fortunate to be able to squeeze my scholarship for all it was worth. Really. I graduated college with zero debt and that's something I'm forever indebted to that I'm super thankful for and that. Um, like I said, that's only something that's God, that's God working like in my life. That's something that I couldn't have dreamt up or done by myself. People that are listening to you right now and they have a fixed mindset and, and they just want to make like excuses for this is, this is why you made it. You made it because this is how your parents taught you. You didn't have to go through what we went through, you know, but instead of seeing it from a different perspective of saying, Hey, if you made it through what you thought is normal, what was your normal that I can apply to my life? You know, what was your normal? Because maybe your normal is like, uh, you know, something that is going to change my life forever. So what was your normal? Like, what were the things that now that you look back, you're like, hey, you know, no wonder I made it because these were the steps that I was making. I thought it was normal, but, you know, they compounded and they gave me this in, in return. Right. You know, I, I think for me, too, it, it kind of hit me in the face when I got to college. One of my professors kind of told me 
it was actually my, my head coach at Oregon State. He, we, we had our ups and downs. That's a whole other story talking. But he taught me one of my biggest life lessons, really, that made me kind of take a pause and really think about everything. He said, you're 100% you're responsible for what happens to you in your life. Like, like anything, like where you're at in life, you're there because of your actions, your decisions, how you responded to stuff. Like everything, like regardless of, yeah, there's certain situations that we have no control over, but how you responded is how you ended up where you're at. I think that's something that I've always really took to heart and kind of as a core value for me, it's like, hey, if I'm not exactly where I want to be at, I'm not going to be here pointing the finger at other people. It's like, hey, like, like, let's man up. Like, let's look in the mirror. I mean, it's, it's difficult to do. It's hard. I still struggle with that to today. I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means. It's like, but it's one of those things where it's like, hey, like, you're in the spot you are. It's like, you're the captain of your own shit. You're, uh, ship. You're the, you're the captain of your own. Uh, you're, you're the director, producer of your own movie. Like, hey, this is your movie. Like, direct it how you want to direct it, you know? So that's something that's been huge for me. It's like, hey, I mean. I don't want to be an extra in my own movie. If I'm, if it's my movie, I want to be the superstar in the movie, you know, like let's, let's do it the right way. Hey, that's the mindset that we all need to have, man. Like to, to, first of all, to, I'm reading the book right now, um, the compound effect. I, I just started it and I'm in chapter two. And one of the things says is the first thing you need to learn is to take 100% responsibility. You know, you make your choices and your choices make you. So uh, it's, it's awesome that you learned that, you know, young, and that's why you are where you're at right now. You're about to start playing for the CFL and, you know, and, and hopefully we bring you back to the NFL here, yeah. you know, to play with us. Um, but talking about how your parents raised you, I saw on your Instagram, there was one story about your father and how you give thanks to him. Tell us that story right there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, like I said, my dad's big hero in my life. He played quarterback, uh, growing up all throughout high school and he played in college for a little bit at the junior college level. And, you know, me as a kid, I mean, every, every kid just want, I just wanted to be like my dad, you know, I just wanted to play the position my dad played. I just wanted to be as good as my dad. I just want and obviously he made it his, uh, his job. He made sure that I was better than him and I went a step farther. And I want, that's something I want to pass down to my kids. Like, Hey, I'm kind of setting the standard, but I want you to completely blow, blow by my standard. I want you to be better than me, greater than me, smarter than me and kind of all the above. But, um, yeah, he was definitely, uh, just selfless. Um, my dad, the only reason I personally got a shot, one of my very first division one scholarship offers was, at an Oregon State camp that was in Pleasanton, and my dad actually took me on Father's Day. So, I mean, that just speaks volumes to his character and how, how dedicated he was to really furthering my career um, athletically. He gave up his Father's Day, which was supposed to be his day. He drove me, I want to say, three and a half hours north um, from where we live, and he spent the entire day with me um, at a camp, at a football camp, when he could have been hanging out at the house, barbecuing, just having a good time. All of us kind of, you know, in a way praising him, like, hey, it's your day, Dad. We love you, like, whatever you want to do. And he took a step back. It's like, no, it's more important. Like, this is your future, you know. He, he really took a step back and drove me up there. And that, that let, one thing led to another. Um, I want to say the camp was on a Sunday, and I ended up driving to Oregon, uh, Corvallis, Oregon, on a Tuesday, like two days later. And he then again made that trip with me, <laughs> drove me out there had another workout and then I ended up getting a scholarship offer two days later after uh, Father's Day, which I mean, never would have happened. My dad could have very easily, and I honestly couldn't have blamed him if he said, oh, it's Father's Day, like, you know, we'll, we'll go to the next one. And it's like, from my position, it's like, oh, I mean, I can't blame him. I mean, it's Father's Day, like, okay, like, you're right, we'll just catch the next one. But 
I mean, only God knows where my life would have been if, if he didn't take that kind of courageous act and kind of be selfless in that position and just be like, hey, you know what? This is your future. You know, you have a scholarship on the line. You have an opportunity. And yeah, I can't, I can never thank my dad enough for that. That's awesome. That's an awesome story, man. And, you know, it motivates, I hope it motivates the fathers. It motivates me, you know, to, to be that type of father, to, to go the extra mile. And it's crazy because you might see it as a, um, either a big thing or a small thing, a big thing like, oh, you know, he, he took it on a father's day or a small thing. Oh, he only drove three hours, but not knowing that that seed right there, what he was doing was going to produce this, you know, not knowing that his actions in that moment was going to leave, lead them here. And, and this is sometimes, you know, sometimes we feel something like we feel like, hey, I, maybe I should do this. And then we stop ourselves. Like maybe I should um, record this video or maybe I shouldn't. Me, myself, sometimes I feel like, man, I shouldn't do the podcast today. I don't feel good. And every time I do it, bro, someone reaches out to me telling me, hey, you know what, man? Thank you so much. Today, someone reached out saying thank you. This spoke to me directly. This is no coincidence. This is God speaking to me. And it's all for the glory of God. And this just shows us that our actions will produce something, you know, whether it's good or it's bad. And it's all about the compound effect. When is it that you started reading that book, by the way? Yeah, so that was one of my, so kind of quick little side note. I actually, you couldn't pay me to read a book prior to my master's program. Um, I, I thought personal development, all that kind of stuff, like, oh, that's not for me. I, I thought only kind of books people read were novels and kind of, whatever kind of books you're into, just storybooks. And I was like, okay, I'm not so much into the storybooks. And kind of growing up in high school, going through high school, I should say, is uh, they kind of assigned readings, you know, and it was always a book I didn't like or a book that I didn't really gel with or mesh with. So I always kind of had a negative kind of thought towards reading, like, oh, no, readings for school, for homework, like reading's not for me. Versus when I got to my master's program, uh, Dr. McMillan's another professor that I completely feel indebtedude for the rest of my life i've told this to him multiple times um i took a course called super achievers where we just studied the elite of the elite basically um the bill gates the elon musk all these kind of guys that are just achieving at a super high level and these guys ceos a company the average ceo reads 52 books a year and it's like i mean if a ceo of a company is reading 52 books a year I don't own a billion dollar industry. Like what's my excuse not to kind of do personal development. So that was, that's a long winded way of saying uh, the compound effect was actually the first book that Dr. McMillan gave me during my master's program where he assigned it to the entire core uh, class. And we read it throughout the year through the academic year. And we kind of covered every chapter and kind of broke it down even further. And then he applied it to the lecture notes. And that was kind of my first experience uh, as far as personal development and, Ever since then, honestly, I got hooked. I mean, kind of buying more books than I could read. And it's like, man, I, someone recommended me another book. Like, well, this book is good. I'm going to get it. But I have a lineup of five or six that I still <laughs> got to get through. So definitely starts to become kind of a, a, good, a good addiction in a way, a healthy one. That, that's definitely my story right there. I also started reading books in 10th grade, but I wouldn't read the books because of the same thing. The, you know, the teachers will give us a book and I was bored and I wouldn't, I probably read one page, two page, and then that's it. I just... The more I read, I couldn't understand nothing. And uh, man, I'm glad you I'm glad you shared that about how nobody, you know, you you weren't a reader before. Because honestly, the way you were, you know, just developing and telling us your story, you know, someone would suggest, yeah, he was probably a reader, you know, he was probably, you know, the overachiever. But, you know, sometimes I, me, myself, I couldn't read books before. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like it. And now I actually wrote my first book already. And it's it's crazy to see, to understand that 
in these personal development books, like this is literally a guy that made it and wrote in a 150 page book, the things that he applied in his life to make it. And if we grab these things, we can pretty much learn it and apply it to our lives and see the same or more success. So that is awesome right there. What are other things that you are planning on doing now, you know, on the side? Yeah, so kind of in the meantime, so I actually, uh, I've been doing quarterback trainings kind of in the meantime doing that. That's been huge. Just kind of a way it's like, it's just one of the ways that I kind of see that I could give back um, just as far as training kids and kind of, like I said, it kind of stemming back for the whole, a lot of the stuff that I think or kind of see as common sense that I've I've learned at the division one level or at the professional level that I've just heard every day for the past four or five years, kind of gets so ingrained in you that you think everyone, just the general public and everyone knows this information, but uh, come to find out that a lot of high school kids and me even thinking back to myself, it's like, man, I didn't know this stuff in high school. I, I for sure didn't know this stuff in junior high. So, I mean, I'm, I, I feel like I'm definitely just giving all these kids kind of a leg up. Like, yeah, I could uh, help them with their mechanics and kind of all the technical issues. But as far as just the mental aspect of the game, as far as learning the ins and outs of a defense and recognizing coverages and just even rubbing off on them in any kind of way as far as the personal development and just kind of them seeing the way I carry myself or the way I speak or the kind of things I do with them. It's like, I'm trying to help them so much more on, on the field, obviously. I mean, that's kind of a given with quarterback training, but I mean, the off the field stuff, I feel like that stuff's priceless. If I could kind of affect, have any sort of effect on a kid as far as in pursuing reading or just being a better brother or a better better student in class sitting in the front of the class not falling asleep during class like little stuff like that I feel like that goes miles and miles and leaps and bounds beyond football and uh, just to finish this off man what is the advice or um, yeah pretty much the advice that you give people that are facing adversity right now people that have dreams they have visions and right now they're facing adversity yeah, I, I, I'd say my, my biggest advice to you that something that's been 100% effective in my life is surround yourself with good people. I mean, I, I 100%, there's zero chance I make it out of high school with a Division One scholarship or half the success I have without the core group of people I have around me. Yeah, I kind of, I'm the one in the newspaper, I'm the one on TV, I'm the one getting all kind of the credit for it, but, but I always try to deflect the glory as much as I can. And if I'm not giving the praise to God, like where it, where it deserves to be, I'm deflecting it to my core group of people that I have around me because they're the ones when I don't feel like working out, they motivate me to work out. Or if I don't feel like doing something, they kind of keep me on track and go in the direction I'm supposed to be. So surround yourself with good people and just really just find your why and find what inspires you because that's something I know. I want to say it's Zig Ziglar. He's like, yeah, motivation doesn't last, but neither does a shower. It doesn't mean you should stop taking a shower. So that's something that's kind of really hit home for me. It's like, hey, Find motivation, listen to stuff, listen to Bless Not Stress, listen to this podcast in the morning, listen to the next episode the next morning, continue, just re rerun it, listen to it over and over and over and over because you might find something you didn't hear the first time. So yeah, just surround yourself with good people, read the books, do what you got to do and yeah, just enjoy life and be in the moment. Thank you so much, man, for, you know, your time and, and talking here to all of us. Um, before I go, um, there's something just came right now. You were telling me how the CFL got canceled for this season, right? Right now, with this whole pandemic, a lot of people are stressing. A lot of people are, you know, their anxiety levels are rising. Some people are going through depressions because they're in those four doors and they can't go out. Although right now things started opening. But um, what do you tell people or 
how did you deal with it? You know, stressing over the CFL, if it was going to open or not, or, you know, I, I say we are blessed, not stressed. How did you go from, instead of being stressed, you know, actually having a, a blessed mindset of saying, you know what, man, let me count my blessings. Yeah, it, it was difficult. I, I'd say, quite frankly, is give yourself a day or two to stress. It's normal, you know. I'm not going to say I just woke up and be like, oh, the CFL is not going to happen. Like, oh, I'm blessed, like right away. Like, I was like, no, I was stressed. I was, I had anxiety. I was like freaking out. It's like, okay, what's going to happen? And like, give yourself a day or two to really, like, to be a normal, to be a person. Like, it's stressful. Life is stressful. Um, if you're not coming out of a storm, you're, you're heading towards a storm, you know? It's just something you kind of got to understand. It's like there's seasons of life. There's ups and there's downs and uh, there's ebbs and there's flows. Just kind of try to be consistent and I think for me it's just kind of find your niche especially in a time like this I mean you have more free time on your hands than you typically do I mean you could look at that one way like wow I'm so bored I have nothing to do or you could look at it it's like wow I have so much free time what am I really interested in what do I want to become better at whether that's cooking or if you're if you love to cook I mean I'm terrible at cooking but (laughs) if you love to cook go cook and become a learn a new recipe or do something new it's a there's going to be a huge gap in my mind as far as the people that found a, something to develop during the, during the quarantine and the people who kind of just took it for granted and just kind of sat around and watched Netflix all day, which I mean, nothing against Netflix. I love Netflix. <laughs> I watch it all the time as well. But I mean, there's just going to be a huge gap between the people who really took advantage of the extra time to kind of develop some kind of skill or talent or a little side hustle or something like that. That, that you couldn't be more real, man. Like we all stress, but take a day, take two days. Don't spend a whole month stressing. Don't spend a whole year stressing. You don't want to spend your whole life stressing. You know, if you need a day, if you need two days, take them. If you need three days, do it. But make sure that after you're like, okay, it's time to get back up. You know, like you fell, it hurt. All right. You know, uh, in Spanish, like so about that, you know, but then you need to get back up and you need to keep going. So I'm um, thank you once again. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast, man. Um, keep going. You know, like I get, like I said, we're going to see you in the NFL coming back, but um, wish you the best. Thank you so much. And everybody that's watching and listening, thank you so much for being part of this podcast. Make sure that you subscribe, make sure that you share this with as many people as you can and always make sure to be blessed, not stressed. Thank you.